Before we get started to tonight's show, I want to remind everyone about the redshirtsudk.com. Yes, we have partnered with the Fantasy Footballers Ultimate Draft Kit. And don't forget about their DFS Pass. Guys, this thing is loaded. You get the DFS Pass, which, spoiler alert, I'm going to be writing in this year for the Fantasy Footballers. You also get the Ultimate Draft Kit for a very, very reasonable price. You get Matt Harmon's Reception Perception, My Injury Profiles. You get Andy, Mike, and Jason's content sleepers breakouts bust you name it it's all there it's a fantastic deal and you know what when you use our code redshirts you're going to get 10 percent off your order today so check out redshirtsudk.com welcome to the red shirts dynasty podcast a ball blast football production here are your hosts Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to the show, to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. I'm joined by my two dancing co-hosts in Matt Okada and John Helmkamp. Fellas, I don't know why, but it honestly feels like it's been years since we've talked on the mic. I'm so happy yeah. to be back with you guys tonight. How are we doing, fellas? Uh, doing the, the do. We're doing the do. That's all, that's all I got to say about that. Um, a <laughs> lot going on in football news today, so yeah. for once. Yeah, lots of not, stuff. Um, not great news, but. No, not, not wonderful news, but lots of, uh, lots of moving pieces. Lots of things to be ironed out as everyone's kind of getting back to camp and reporting today and. Uh, COVID testing and opt out and what that looks like and who's doing what and it's there. There's a lot of moving pieces over the next week or so. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Yes, we are recording this on July 28th, uh, the day training camps uh, officially opened. I guess and, and players started reporting. Of course, with that, we do have some news to talk about, and we'll get to that all in a second in terms of what that means for COVID 19 and kind of uh, what to look for this season, John. Did a fantastic job. Wrote up a an article on the website ballblastfootball.com, looking at every player that is opting out this season. So it's a lot to keep track of. I don't know about you guys, my phone was buzzing like nonstop yep. between our group chat <laughs> and Twitter notifications for like Ian Rappaport and and Shefty, like just so many players like opting out or or what have you. So we'll talk about all that tonight. Before we do, a reminder: find us on social media at RetroTFFPod. Check out the website ballblastfootball.com. Our projections are finally live for our Patreon members on the website, as well as our rankings for 2020 redraft leagues. Patreon.com slash Ball Blast is where you join that. And also, reminder, check out the Ball Blast football podcast with Kate and Michelle. They're crushing as per usual. Uh, we are on a mission to provide the best fantasy content we can. And that includes the show. Fellas, should we get into some news? Yeah. Sure. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, got news. Uh, all right we talked about it a little bit covid opt-outs are coming down the pipeline like crazy first let's start with a couple of rookies we had justin jefferson and Keyshawn vaughn added to the the covid19 exempt list and basically what that means is we're not really sure so with this agreement between the nfl pa and the nfl Essentially, players can be put on this list saying either they are testing positive 
or they have been in contact with someone who might have been testing positive, so they're ordered to kind of quarantine, or they know they've been close to someone who has, has contracted COVID, and so they have to basically stay away from the rest of the team. So this list is going to grow, I feel, probably more than we want it to in August mm-hmm. and September, et cetera. And these two are the first kind of, I feel like, notable fantasy players that are going to be affected early on in training camps by this. So, fellas, let's talk about what it means for fantasy. Keyshawn Vaughn, I feel like, was our hype boy. Like, we love this dude, and draft season, John was, was beating the drum for him. Mm-hmm. But, guys, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say it. I feel like in redraft leagues, like, Ronald Jones might be a value with this extra wrinkle coming into yep. Keyshawn Vaughn's training camp. What are your thoughts on that? Well... What the, the main problem here is that what you mentioned with the not knowing what it means yet is a huge factor because, and this is going to sound a little bit insensitive, but a player getting COVID now is arguably the best thing for fantasy drafts for that player. Like Zeke has had COVID. We don't have to worry about it anymore. He is at no risk. So if that's the case, it almost raises their stock for redrafting a little bit. Now, our, of course, not being there for the first week or two of camp is not great. But if it means they have a better or lower risk of missing parts of the season because of potential exposure or exposure or having the virus, then that's actually a good thing. Now, if it's they're just being put on the shelf because they were maybe exposed and then they miss two weeks of training camp, you know, don't have that time to start gelling with the team come back and still have another chance to get exposed again or miss more time again, that's doubly worse, as bad as it can get. And then, yes, we are looking at a situation where maybe it takes longer for a, a rookie to earn the role that they could have had. Yeah, it's concerning to me. Um, like you're saying, those, those players, if they do have it, and again, part of the agreement between the NFLPA and the league is that the teams, for privacy reasons, are not disclosing which of those two options it is. So they're yep. not going to tell us Justin Jefferson tested positive. If he goes and takes the Twitter on his own, great. He's more than happy to do so, and he can let everybody know. But we don't know if he has COVID or if, you know, for him, I think it was because um, maybe it was the the staff member. I can't remember who the staff member was for the Minnesota Vikings that tested positive uh, within the last couple of weeks. It might have been exposure to him. I, I don't know. We, don't, we have no idea. And that's part of the... Uh, veil that we're going to have to operate under this year. We, we are not going to know all the the backstory of everything unless they specifically tell us. Um, like you were saying about if they do get it, maybe it's better for their stock. Yeah, I think it lowers the risk, but there are cases out there of people contracting it multiple times. So I don't know. I, I don't know that that really goes into the equation in terms of does it raise or lower their draft stock. To me, I'm looking at this as two pretty high-profile fantasy rookies coming into this year who already have not had an off-season program in person. They've been doing all their studying remotely. Now are going to be on the shelf for two to three weeks of training camp. They're not going to have a preseason I don't know that these guys are contributing right away, basically at all. Like they might not see the field early in the season because they just are so behind the eight ball at this point with this whole COVID situation. So um, it's really concerning for redraft purposes. Yeah, I, I think this. I think Rojo's got a really good chance to to hold on to that gig, and if he performs really well, Keyshawn Vaughn might not really have a whole lot to say about uh, twenty twenty. 
We will see. Um, it yes, kind of pains me. To, it kind of pains me to, to yeah. kind of be in on Rojo at his ADP in redraft leagues. But here we are. Uh, 2020, just when you thought 2020 couldn't get worse. Here we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next piece of news here in regards to COVID-19 is, is the opt-outs that came down the pipeline today. Not too many superstars as far as like fantasy football specific uh, positions we care about. But Devin Funches of the Green Bay Packers has opted out. Marquis Goodwin, now of the Eagles, has also opted out, as well as big-time players in the Patriots defense. Yeah, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, probably the two biggest names to opt out so far. Fellas, I'll just kick it back to you guys. What are your thoughts here on these um, you know, situations? I don't think these players are anyone they're really counting on in fantasy, but certainly it opens up a little bit more opportunity, maybe for Jalen Rager, maybe for someone else like an MVS to have a second chance to step up. Uh, we'll see. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, in the Packers situation, it just takes another piece out of the which Packers receiver is going to step up, which is good for anybody who likes any of the other pieces that weren't Funches, which Alan I think Lizard. for the most part is us. <laughs> exactly. That's just another guy out of the way of Alan Lazard, or if you prefer MVS. Uh, so that's a little bit of a boost. Again, that whoever whoever's going to win that second job still has to beat out the other couple guys there, and they're all maybe liable to do diddly squat because that's pretty much what they all did last year so that's not a huge deal necessarily for the eagles i don't know i don't know how much this matters i wasn't super interested in marquise goodwin they still have a bunch of speedsters that they picked up or drafted and we're gonna throw all over the you know camp to see what could happen anyways and the real the real pieces of that offense i want which are Ertz and miles sanders i don't think get affected too much by goodwin being gone yeah, I basically agree with everything that you just said. Some of the other things to, to keep in mind, it's it's going to be interesting to watch how uh, defensive pieces opting out impacts, you know, matchups, strength of schedule, stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously you're talking about Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, but um, Eddie Goldman for Chicago is a really big blow to the interior defensive line there who we already were thinking that defense is not what they were a couple years ago. Um, that might be an easier team to run against than what was previously thought about. There's going to be so much to kind of unpack as this starts to really come down. Some of the offensive linemen opting out. Um, obviously, Kansas City's offensive oh, linemen. Yeah. Um, Lorraine DuVernay-Tardif. Yes. Yeah. Um, who's a doctor. Oui, oui. He's He is opting out to continue to fight this this virus like really really awesome story good for him praying for him and, and his health and the health of his family um but the offense alignment how's that going to impact everything and pass blocking and run blocking there's there's going to be a lot of stuff to kind of unpack now what's good is that this is not going to be an ongoing thing throughout the course of the season they're going to have roughly another week from today on the 28th as soon as they get that document finalized and they start the seven-day window there will be a seven-day window. We'll track it all. We'll keep track of everything. And then after that, we can unpack it and be like, okay, we don't have to worry about someone just being like, I'm, I'm done and, and not, you know, and, and opting out midseason very much. It might still happen. People might get the, the jitters and decide not to play and just take the goose egg and the penalty. But, you know, it's going to be very interesting week to watch. Certainly is. All right, boys, we're going to move on to the divisional preview starting with tonight's show. We're going out west. We're going out to the NFC West. We're talking about a loaded division here. And of course, we're going to put a dynasty spin on it. So 
you know, uh, the fellas and myself, we were texting pre-show. We're like, what do we want to do with this? Do you want to like have an outline doc and just kind of like, you know, go around the around the room and say who we're buying, who we're selling? No, we're not yeah. doing that. That's boring. We're going to do just conversation, <laughs> three guys talking dynasty football for each division. And we got to start with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's so, go. John's team. I, I just want to kind of, let's talk about the receivers. I feel like that's kind of where the most dynasty question marks come in. In redraft, I've been higher on Lockett than, than Metcalf. I think we would all probably agree, though. In Dynasty, you guys would have Metcalf ranked above Tyler Lockett. Would you agree? It's close for me. I'll go ahead and say that because I know that John is a big DK truther. For me, it's pretty close. I think that DK can take the next step, uh, but he has to take that next step for me to then want him over Tyler Lockett in the short term. And since I already know Tyler Lockett is there, it makes him a little bit of a safer asset. It might just kind of depend on what kind of roster I'm trying to build. DK Metcalf has so much upside. And if I'm looking to win a championship in two years, maybe he's a much more attractive option. Um, But Tyler Lockett is super reliable and trustworthy asset right now. So they're right next to each other pretty much in my rankings. And I would just kind of be team dependent on the two of them. Yeah, they're basically right next to each other in everyone's ranking and ADP. They're going, like, basically back-to-back all over the place. Um, It's a real 1A, 1B situation, which hurts the ceiling of both in an offense that is not notoriously a high-power throwing offense. So both of these guys, I think, without the other, could be a top-12 wide receiver in fantasy if they threw the ball more. Um, if they let Russ throw 550 plus times, which I think he's only done once, maybe twice in his career, um, a couple seasons ago, I think he cracked 550, like 557 or something like that. Um, if if they decide to go to a higher volume passing attack, then both of these guys um, could be great values. But Lockett is just so reliable; he's sneaky good in the red zone for not being a big guy. Um, and has that great chemistry with, with Russell Wilson where they just seem to connect on every throw. So, yeah, I think win now, I'd probably take Lockett, but I do think that Metcalf and just his raw athleticism and then learning how to play wide receiver at the NFL level, um, I think that he could usurp Tyler Lockett in the back half of this season if everything goes goes right as, uh, as really kind of being the, the 1A. Uh, in that passing attack. Yeah, and I think too, you know, just looking at like Okada's tip has been in the last two or three episodes, like you have to know contracts of these players. It helps you out so much in Dynasty. Tyler Lockett's extension was only through 2021. So, you know, we're obviously looking at 2020, but we can't forget like DK Metcalf is the future of this team. Super young, extreme athleticism. Russell Wilson is his quarterback. And while yes, we wish they would throw the ball more, I'll take Russell Wilson's one all day, um, mm. every, every day. And, and if it's going to be DK Metcalf, I feel like I feel like if you trust him as much as John trusts him, you have to trade for him now. Like if you wait mm, till yeah. like week 10, week 12, it's too late. And at that point, yeah. you're not going to get him because at that point, he'll likely explode. And then, of course, 2021 comes around. Everyone's going to know Tyler Lockett's contract's coming up. So if you like DK Metcalf, you have to go out and get him now. Otherwise, you're not going to get him. Fellas, what are your thoughts on the running back room here? I mean, it's like... Ooh. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, DJ Dallas is a rookie that we kind of like a little bit. Um, of course, Rashad Penny is still there, but likely to start on Pup coming off ACL. Does Chris Carson provide a win now piece for our Dynasty rosters? What are your thoughts? 
Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I think that answer should m primarily come from you because, simply put, if he's healthy, the answer is yes, without a doubt. He is their guy. They like him. They will run him no, pretty much no matter what he does, including fumble the ball. Yep. He is, and but but it's for a good reason. He is productive. He has very been very productive. good for them. Um, and it has worked for their offense for the most part. So as long as we are going to get a good, you know, 12, 14 plus games out of him, I think he can certainly be useful for now. And I expect that as long as he remains somewhat healthy, he will be the guy for them in the near term. So I like him as, as a piece decently well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for his injury, like it, it really is one of those ones that I need to watch in training camp because... He's coming off of a fracture inside the hip joint. Fortunately, it was not uh, one that required surgery. But, you know, that hip now is going to be something that will take time to kind of acclimate to the forces of football. So heavy acceleration and cutting, getting tackled, all those sort of things that you just can't really replicate. And guys, in training camp this year, they're having eight padded practices. That is it. Mm. So I'm going to be watching him Sheesh. closely to see what he's doing. I don't know. I, I feel like for me, I need to definitely be a top three team to go out and, and get him and trade an asset on my roster to get him. Otherwise, I think I'm just kind of out on this backfield unless I took DJ Dallas in like the fourth round of, of a rookie draft. John, maybe you can speak more to about him as a prospect. I know since you're kind of the running back scout on the show. What are your thoughts on DJ Dallas? Uh, go out and buy him. Uh, just hold him. What are your thoughts there for the, the rookie? Yeah, I think that you can buy him, and I think you can buy him really cheap. Um, and with that backfield being notorious for just whoever plays better is going to play, they don't care about draft capital at all. Chris Carson was a seventh rounder, Rashad Penny was a first rounder, and Chris Carson has made Rashad Penny completely irrelevant. They don't care about draft capital. Um, so if DJ Dallas gets a chance and he's doing well, if Penny starts the season on Pup like we think he's he's pretty much locked up to do, and Chris Carson is still banged up and, and not up to playing speed. And they let DJ Dallas onto the field. They still have Carlos Hyde there that they just picked up as well. But if DJ Dallas gets an opportunity, he could carve out a role and they could look at him and say, okay, you could be the 2020, you know, late season to 2021 running back. So in Dynasty, yeah, he's he's basically free right now. Um, unless you have a super hyper uh owner that just loves him coming out of Miami but he's an explosive guy um runs well his tape's good his production's good um I like him a lot he contributes in the passing game more than what Chris Carson is capable of as well um so I think that he could fit that scheme pretty nicely if he does get the opportunity to do so so from a dynasty perspective I don't know that Chris Carson is gonna get the extension pass this year if he's battling through an injury all year they might be like We've got enough other assets to to move on from Chris Carson after 2020. DJ Dallas is a really good, I think, speculative buy and then hold for another year and just kind of see what happens. I like it. Uh, we talked Russell Wilson quite a bit on the last show. We talked about players were selling in Dynasty. If, you're, if your team is just not ready to compete and it's time to blow it up, John actually brought to the table his quarterback, Russell Wilson, which Okada and I were shocked about. Uh, if you want more on that, go check it out. However, short-term outlook still looks good for Russ, even though they won't let him cook. He's just so efficient, man, and he's got this insane wide receiving core with those two. They're so yep. good. Okada, you have a thought. I do have a question for John, because the main premise for the Russell Wilson sell was that it looked like the Seahawks might be blowing it up in a couple years. Then they pulled yeah, this Jamal point. Adams move. 
which very much indicates that they think at least that they can compete and win yeah. Super Bowls. Does that change things at all for you? I think it does because they basically mortgage the future to do this. Like they're not in right. a position anymore to potentially blow it up. It's like, no, you just gave away the next two year firsts. They don't which, have any TNT left. No, they don't have anything to blow it up <laughs> with. Like they can bring a Piccolo Pete to the table and see what happens. Um, yeah, so I, I think that they're in on just retooling around this offense. So, I mean, with one trade, I think they basically made my argument against Russell Wilson irrelevant last last week. Um, <laughs> so but, don't go back and listen to that. So ball. don't go back and listen to, to that one. one. No, listen to it. Just ignore what I said about Russ. But I am concerned fast still. fast forward three times. Fast forward <laughs> through the Russell Wilson part. Um, I'm still very concerned about their offensive line, which has been a problem for hmm. five, six years. Um, I'm still very concerned about pass rush, which they still have none. Um, but this defense is predicated on having elite safety play. And Jamal Adams is the best safety in the NFL right now. So I love it. I, I think that they're going to give him... He's he's the next Earl Thomas. He's going to be just what Earl Thomas was, a heat-seeking missile back there that they've been lacking for a few years now. I'm so excited to see him suit up I'm probably buying that jersey this year. I, I'm I'm all in on that signing. Um, so, yeah, I do think that they're going to have to just keep the nucleus together and ride it out and, and try to patchwork offensive line and pass rush and, and let Russell Wilson try to be the magician that he is. I'm pretty sure that's just kind of the recipe that they're deciding to continue to go with. So, yeah, I think Russ Lockett, uh, maybe Lockett. We'll see what happens there. DK Metcalf, um, they're probably going to need to go out and get some more wide receiver depth either via trade this year or in the draft next year for sure. Um, they've got a thousand tight ends that they don't know what to do with. And one very, very veteran tight end coach in Greg Olson. So we'll see what happens with this offense. But I, I think that Russell Wilson's pretty much just locked into being what he is, which is quarterback three through seven every single year for probably the next three to five years. Yeah. Uh, Okada, I don't know that I've seen John smile as much as i just saw him right there for that last uh, 60 <laughs> seconds or so his cheeks had a little rosy he just ah, had this, this Jamal, look yeah. let's go it's been a minute <laughs> yeah i don't know necessarily think we need to touch on the tight end situation for dynasty i mean greg olson it's a one-year deal he's done it for this year will disley coming off two of the possible worst injuries to really have uh, for an athletic type of player so yeah uh, nothing really to discuss there in my opinion fellas let's move on to the cardinals let's talk about Kyler Murray. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Let's talk about Kenyon Drake. Let's this offense we want in Let's talk about Yes, if you want to see John dancing on the camera, YouTube is the place to do it. Check it out. Um, and if you're not watching on YouTube, you know, you're doing it wrong. Fellas, let's start with Kyler. I mean, I feel like the, the price in Dynasty has gotten so insanely expensive. I think last time I looked at our consensus ranks, he was our QB3. I feel like that's probably on par with consensus. Maybe some QB4s out there in rankings. But if you want Kyler, especially in a super flex league, I mean, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get him. Is it worth Dynasty players going out and making that move? Like, do we feel that confident in it? Or is it, okay, the price is too much. Maybe we wait for a buying window later in his career. It, it kind of boils down to this for me. He's going as the QB3. But the price gap between him and the QB2 is massive. You have to pay a lot more to get Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes than you have to pay to get Kyler. 
And I think that there's a very good chance after year two with Kingsbury and DeAndre Hopkins in his receiving core that by this time next year, we're going to be talking about the price gap between Kyler Murray and the next group being what the price gap right now is between those top two and everybody else, because I think he may jump into that tier. So even though his you know startup value is super, super high, you have to get him the very early rounds, especially in Superflex. And even though you're certainly going to have to give more than a first to get him in a Superflex uh, in terms of picks, I might go and try to buy him now even at the high price because of how much more expensive he could be this time next year, given how well the team is looking to be building around him. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. Um, I think that he's great. If you happen to have a team, and I know it seems rare to do, but I actually had one of these rosters. I was in the process of blowing it up because I was I was right in the middle of the pack, and I hate being in the middle of the pack. And that was a team that managed to have Mahomes on it, but I still only won like seven games or something like that. I'm like, how the hell? I don't understand having Mahomes and not being in the championship. It doesn't make sense. What? What what the hell you say to me? Um, But with that, like if you have Mahomes or Lamar, selling that for Kyler Murray plus, I love it. Mm. Mm. Like give me go Mahomes for Kyler Murray and what was the plus you got? Didn't you do exactly? I did. I did this. Um, It was Mahomes for Kyler Murray and AJ Brown. I think. Oh, I think that was the trade that I pulled off. And I was yes. like, yeah, no, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. All day long. Give me a young ascending so wide receiver asset. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that's a great way to go. If you have one of the elite quarterbacks and you're looking for more depth, more assets going down to Kyler plus would be great. If you're in a team that you think is contending and you have a fringe quarterback, one like a Wentz, I'd be fine giving Wentz plus for Kyler to put me over the top. Because I think that Kyler is going to have that kind of season where he is going to be like on league winning rosters, especially with his rushing upside, especially with second year in the system, Kenyon Drake. You bring in DeAndre Hopkins. This offense might take a little bit to get going in the early weeks because it is new and lack of offseason and stuff like that. But I think for the second half of this season, this offense is going to be absolutely cooking. Um, I think it's it's good things for that offense. This is like the next powerhouse offense that you want assets out of you know what i mean like there was the rams a couple years ago who Mm. we all still love kansas city like cowboys now cowboys arizona's like that next offense that you want all the assets out of that offense in dynasty let's talk about Kenyon drake we talked about him a little bit on the last show Uh, just like if you're not in it this year there's just too many question marks to like go out and get him at his price i think I, i talked about it on the show is Startup price, last time I looked, was third round ADP, which, I mean, at that price in a startup draft is just too much. But if you are a contender, I feel super confident in Kenyon Drake being a top 10 back in 2020. Fellas, if you're a contender, what are you you trading to get Kenyon Drake if you're like one running back away from a a championship run? Ooh-wee. Mid-2021 first? Am I willing to give a mid-first? Um... It's, That's a it's tough for the one. ship, man. It's for the ship. Yeah, it is for the ship. I, I I'm willing to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think I go off of what John said. I don't think it was on last episode. I think it was probably several episodes ago. I believe he said something to the effect of that Kenyon Drake will get something somewhere. 
after yeah, this year. A couple months back, we were talking yeah. about it. Yeah, and and I think yeah. that he's going to earn himself a contract, like a, a two-year deal at yeah. like nine mil per season, something like that. I could see him earning a contract like that. And I'm season. fine with that. I don't need him to get a four-year, $14 million a year deal to feel good about having paid a mid-first for Kenyon Drake. Right. So as long as if I'm if I'm buying into the idea that he's going to get another short term contract either with Arizona or maybe another team, and I know I'm going to get an RB one season out of him this year, yeah, I'll pay him mid first. I think. Yeah, I'm for like that. Um, I'm even thinking that I might pay more um, than a mid first, just because I think that when you're looking at the first round draft picks, you're like, it's 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 the joke, right? It could be anything. They could even be what you're trying to acquire. Like, there's no. There's no guarantee that that first round pick is gonna gonna end up being anything, and Very if I'm true. going and I'm going in to win it right now, like we thought that going into this last season that a mid first was like a slam dunk value, and now all of a sudden, if you had like the 106 in your rookie drafts this year, you're like, okay, well suddenly there's a lot of question marks on all the players right here. So yeah, they could amount to something in a couple of years. They could be in a C.D. Lamb situation who we don't know what role he's going to have in the offense for a while. So that first, you know, if you're rebuilding, you need those assets. You you want those young assets to develop into things. But if you're winning now, that first next year isn't doing anything for me. And if I can give that first, maybe even plus like an RB3 type, like a Jordan Howard plus a first to to go get Kenyon Drake mm. or something along those lines, I would probably pull that trigger in a heartbeat and be like, I'm all in winning right now. Cause that's the whole point, right? You play to win. You don't play to constantly be rebuilding. Once you get close, get rid of those draft picks and go get players that are going to help you win the trophy this year. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely fair. And that's a good strategy point too. Like, like you can't be like toes in the water. Like I'm going to maybe try to win this. Like, no, you got to jump all in and like go yeah. after it. Otherwise, like we said on the last show, two shows ago, like you cannot be stuck in the middle. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Guys, they ran, ran a league high 33% for wide receiver sets last year. I mean, this is essentially like a spread college offense. With that, now you add DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, mm. or Chase Edmonds, whoever is getting the ball there is going to absolutely smash for our fantasy rosters, which I love. Um, let's talk about maybe wide receivers not named DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, they spent capital on Andy Isabella. Hakeem Butler was kind of the the buzz last year as a rookie. Of course, he missed the entire season with a finger injury. Is there any like ancillary piece on this team not named DeAndre Hopkins? Obviously, uh, Christian Kirk's up there as well that you guys are going out and, and trying to get on your rosters, maybe for cheap. Um, not really. I think it's like the Packers situation super light because we're talking about a bunch of guys fighting for the third spot. Right. And it's pretty much just as murky. Um, I like Andy Isabella quite a bit, but he's not going to get a target share in this offense that is going to support him being a reliable asset. I think we'll have a lot of good plays, you know, some 40-yard touchdowns that feel great, but you're not going to have him in your lineup. Right. Any of the times that that happened. So, I'm not really super interested in any of those pieces. I'd rather pay the extra stuff that needs that is needed to get Christian Kirk and just feel good about that. Yeah, I'm yeah, the I same think way. I'm with you. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, fellas, let's wrap it up there. Before we move on, I want to remind everyone about the sponsor of tonight's show. 
You heard us talk about the, the ultimate draft kit at the start, but here's our second sponsor, guys. It's awesome. It's Tiny Whiteboard Workouts. You've heard this name before. You heard it on the last show. I got to remind you guys about the podcast that they have. If you like podcasts, obviously you're listening to this. Check out the Tiny Whiteboard Workout podcast with my good friend, John Williams. He's a strength and conditioning specialist. He's got a show. He's talking injuries. He's talking ways to kind of prevent injury, which as a physical therapist, I love. So check that out. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Coming up, mark your calendar, August 3rd, next Monday. He has a very special guest on with him to talk about why you shouldn't really be icing your injuries, which is kind of, you know, not really what you would think. So check it out. Super cool. I'm really interested to tune into that. Again, August 3rd, Tiny Whiteboard Workouts podcast. Find it anywhere you get your podcast. Boys, we are on to the Niners. I like this team a lot for Dynasty. I'm really intrigued to, intrigued here to get your guys' thoughts. Do we really even need to talk about George Kittle? I mean, come on. The dude is nope. a monster. He's the tight end one in my Dynasty ranks. I believe you guys agree? Yep. Yep. Dynasty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The age difference with, with Kelsey, for sure, puts him over the top. Yep. Obviously, he's a stud. Let's move on to the wide receivers because we got to talk about Debo Samuel first off. A news update came out today, July 28th, that uh, the GM there is is not really sure if Debo is going to be ready. He might miss a few games. This is what we knew it was going to happen. This is kind of what we had planned for, we had thought about. Obviously, he's coming off that Jones fracture, which is the, the broken bone on the outside of the foot. This area has pretty bad blood supply to it, so essentially it takes longer to heal than a normal fracture of a different part of your body so with that in mind you know we're talking about a weird offseason we're talking about an injury in a weird offseason we're talking about barely any practice reps together on the field in august and so when you're looking at that timeline like is he really going to be ready for week one i have major question marks about that and then you kind of look at okay now it's going to take him a few weeks to get back on the field at that point, it's like week five, week six. Like, is he really going to be ready for the season? I don't know. And that's redraft. But in Dynasty, I think this provides a massive buying opportunity for Debo Samuel. Are you guys in on, on buying low here with this injury? I am, depending on what the selling price is. Because prior to this injury, people were starting to look at Debo as like, ooh, boy, are we talking about a top 15 wide receiver of the future here? Because... That's maybe what he looks like, and I don't really feel that way. Um, I think them going out and getting Brandon Ayuk, who's very similar to Debo, just kind of tells me that they don't have the in, any intention of making Debo a true wide receiver one. Uh, and I don't really see him becoming a top 15 guy, or maybe even a top 20 guy on a regular basis, with that being the case. So... The buying window is better now uh, than what it was, certainly. And if you want to get him at a lower price, now is definitely the time to buy. But I just wonder if the lower price is still low enough based off the expectations that Debo owners probably have. Because I don't expect him to be a top 15 guy, and I don't even really expect him to be a, a top 20 guy on the regular. And I think that might be where his price might hover. Yeah, I... I was never really a big Debo guy with, with this last season. He had some very big splash plays. Great uh, after the catch, absolutely. Um, but this offense just isn't set up to feature a wide receiver. This is a creative, get the ball into space to playmakers, whether that's a running back or a wide receiver. Oh, and feed George Kittle. And that's like the entire offense is based around that. So 
I, I don't like his long-term prospect very much. Um, I think you can definitely argue that Brandon Ayuk is a better, more well-rounded wide receiver than than Debo is. Like, absolutely. I think that he's a better route runner. Um, I, I think that he's at times even stronger at the point of the catch than what we've seen out of Debo, but they are very, very similar players, right? These are guys that you want to give the ball to in space and create. And we've talked about it in the past. We think that Jimmy Garoppolo might lead the league with like the shortest average depth of target of every pass in the NFL this season. The longest passes in this offense are going to go to Kittle up the middle. Like those are going to be the big chunk plays. Other than that, it's going to be getting the ball in space to running backs and wide receivers um, to me, this offense with this news about, um, about Debo going to be missing more time, Ayuk is going to have to play. Like they don't have a choice other no. than to start him, even with no preseason. It's going to be like, all right, well, you're going to be out there and we're going to design some packages to get you the ball. And, and that's going to be what they do. But to me, I'm kind of wondering is, are there going to be like two or three running backs on this team that are getting touches every single week? Like, are you going yes. to see Raheem Mostert get touches <laughs> and Tevin Coleman and potentially Jarek McKinnon if he's back and healthy in this offense, which means the ceiling for all is low and all three of them are going to get some touches. Who's the one that's going to punch it into the end zone and be flex, you know, worthy or maybe RB2? I have no idea. I don't want any part of this offense other than George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk for Dynasty. Like, because they don't care about the running back position, so neither do I. And I don't trust Debo Samuel to be a true wide receiver one, or even a true wide receiver two, like Matt Okada is saying. I think that he's more of, like, going to be a flex play throughout his career. Uh, yeah, I'm Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I don't even really want Garoppolo. Like, those are the two pieces in Dynasty that I want. Even in Superflex? I'll take them. Like, you need depth at the quarterback position, but there's other Not quarterbacks. Not QB2 for you, though. Like, there's other quarterbacks going in that range that I would rather have. I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Jimmy Garoppolo. That I yes. don't That I don't disagree with. That's pretty decent. Um, but I will say, like, you talked about him having the lowest depth of target, and I probably agree with that, but he's also probably going to lead the league in yak by his pass catchers. Oh, for sure. So it, it kind of helps balance out. I mean, he was a QB 14 last year, so... Yeah, I but he had the one remain. he had the one week against New Orleans where he put up like a quarter oh, of his fantasy points. That was what a lot. game. Yeah, like that. that if you take out that game, I'd be curious to see what his finish would look like. Yeah, I don't expect him to be a QB one. That's no. for sure. But I think he can be a mid range QB two, pretty reliably. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not excited about him, and he's probably in a similar tier to Teddy Bridgewater. Though I kind of think I like Bridgewater more as well. But I'm okay with him. Obviously, I love Kittle. There's no question about that. I will overpay for Kittle. Yeah. Including, you know, near first round of startups. Um, and beyond that, yeah, it's it's crapshoot. I'd probably just go with the cheapest running back, to your point. Because, yes. I mean, you, you, you asked, are there going to be guys in the same week? I think there's going to be guys in the same drive. There might <laughs> yeah. be multiple guys on the same play. Yeah, better doing stuff because there's just going to be a rotation. Jared Once, McKinnon might get more work because of the lack of pass catchers. Right. Yeah, it, they're, they're going to be using them all and probably pretty frequently. So I would probably just pay the low price, whatever that is. And I, it's not Raheem Mostert. I can tell you that much right now. Quarterbacks going yeah. after Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew. I would take all three of them over 
over uh, over Jimmy G. Yeah, I think it's what you're looking for, right? Like, do you want a lot of upside at your quarterback right. too? Right. Then take Minshew. I mean, he could rush for 500 yards this year. Yep. Uh, or Jimmy G, who we know is going to be quarterback too for the next five years, right? Sure. Like, so it kind of depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of saying all offseason, like. I feel like Jimmy G is kind of sneaky this year in redraft leagues because of how much they ran the ball last year. Yeah. But then, of course, Debo had to break his foot. and So I don't know. But regardless, I think he's a solid QB2 in Superflex. I agree, though, with the running backs, man. I mean, if if at all you can get out of any of these running backs and get capital back, I am doing it in a heartbeat. And as soon as like the, the rumors came out about, oh, Raheem Mostert wants a trade, he's not happy with his contract, I, tr- I put... Tevin Coleman on every trade block I could <laughs> in my dynasty leagues. Fortunately, uh, unfortunately, I should say, no one bit, so I still have him. However, uh, I am trying to get rid of, the, of those assets because I agree. I mean, we see them take anyone off the street and just plug them into the lineup and say, here you go, carry the rock. And there's a couple undrafted free agents that are getting a little bit of buzz. Now, again, it's a weird offseason with the timing and everything, but right. uh, Salvin Ahmed yeah. is one name to monitor, and then Jermichael Hasty. Yep. I like his game quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he's pretty explosive. So um, just two names to monitor. Be sure to, to monitor that in August in training camp. See what the buzz is about those running backs. Boys, anything else with the Niners? No, I don't think so. We covered All right. We're going to L.A. Top Time to talk team. about the Rams. Ooh. Yeah. Now that's Talking interesting about the team. Rams. All right. Let's start with the running back situation, okay? We have Daryl Henderson. Oh, my. It was not great last year. It was not even good. It was not even average. It was quite <laughs> bad, actually. Um, of course, Todd Gurley is behind a massive opportunity here with this situation with the running back room looking like a complete question mark. They go out and they draft Cam Akers, running back out of Florida State, who I feel like you two have been higher on than me. I'm coming around on him quite a bit, though. He's still learning the running back position. Yeah. You know, He was a Wildcat quarterback in high school. Just learned the running back position at Florida State, and so... There's still room to grow for him, but obviously, you know, we, we have to talk about of those two options. I think it's pretty clear we want Cam Akers, but at, at what cost, right? Because Daryl Henderson, you can get for a bag of peanuts. True. People like Cam Akers. You have to pay up probably a first to get him. You had to invest a first round rookie pick to get him in this year's class. What are we doing with this backfield? Is it stay away? Are you going out and g- getting Akers aggressively? Like, what should Dynasty owners do? Honestly, both, in my opinion, because. Stay away, but bye. Yeah, because here's the thing. (laughs) Uh, Unless we see a huge change from McVay, and I don't expect this to happen, what we've seen out of the Rams for the last few years, and yes, it was Todd Gurley who was a great running back, but just the way the system worked, they ran it mainly through one guy. And I think they're going to continue to do that. I don't, uh, you know, some news came out recently that he likes what Shanahan does, and he's going to try to maybe do a little bit of that. That's poppycock. They're not going to do that. They are going to pick one guy, and they're going to ride this this player. I think it's going to be Cam Akers. I feel very confident about that because I think he's very good, and I think Daryl Henderson is okay at best as a yeah. an athlete and a, a running back and below average as a book smarts guy or, more importantly, playbook <laughs> smarts guy because, as we saw last year, he could learn it. So, but... Having said that, in the off chance that Akers is a bust for some reason, and there's always a chance with these guys, and Daryl Henderson takes a step forward, figures out how to learn a playbook, and flashes the athletic ability that we know he has and the big play ability that we know he has from college, and turns that into production at the NFL level, and suddenly is the RB1 there, 
I'm going to feel very sad if I only have Akers. So considering the cost on Henderson, I'm probably willing to get both. I just drafted Cam Akers in a startup with a bunch of our patrons that we're doing. And spoiler alert, I'll probably try to get Daryl Henderson at some point. Don't take him from me, guys who are listening, because I know you all are. Uh, but I think that's probably the safest bet. Yeah, I think um, if you have Henderson, you hold. And you see how this shakes out. Yep. Um, if you have Cam Akers, you hold. And you see how this shakes out. Yep. Um, if you don't have Cam Akers, who I think is a much better running back than Daryl Henderson is, go buy Cam Akers after week two. Like when this season starts off slow without the preseason and Cam Akers isn't being heavily featured in the offense in the first couple weeks with Daryl Henderson getting the first crack at it, which I think is going to happen. Um, then go try to get Cam Akers from the frustrated owner that was like, I used a mid first round rookie pick on this guy and he's sitting on the bench or getting four to six carries a game. Like what the hell? Why, why do I have this guy on my team? Try to go get him when things get off to a slow start for him. He's going to take that job sooner than later, and I think he's a good running back, and he's going to fit that offense really well. They love to use the running back. They love to use the running back inside the five. They love to pass to the running back in the red zone. Cam Akers, pretty good at catching the ball, and very elusive, has great footwork. Um, I think they probably drafted him because he made the most out of absolutely nothing that his offensive line gave him. And hey, guess what? The Rams have a terrible offensive line. So maybe they think he's going to be able to create for them. Um, I think he's going to come into that offense. This offense is, I think, going to take a step forward from kind of the disjumbledness that we saw back there last year. I think that he's a really good dynasty asset and he's going to end up taking that job at some point. Yeah, to your point, averaged four yards after contact per attempt last year. Ridiculous. Really, really good mm-hmm. metric there. Caught 69 passes in college in three years. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he can catch the football. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I'm talking myself into the idea of, like, highlighting him as, like, okay, like John said, wait and see what happens and then pounce when Daryl Henderson gets the first crack because – I don't know about you guys, but when I see a running back come into the league and just fall on their face and like not even really get a chance to do anything, it's like what went wrong? Like something had to go wrong. And they they put pretty good draft capital into Henderson last yeah. year. And then they had glaring massive holes on the defense at their depth positions. Obviously the line is a huge concern, and they still went out and spent the 52nd overall pick on Cam Akers. So it says something. I, I think I'm, I'm talking myself into him quite a bit more here in Dynasty. Okada, anything else to add? Out of curiosity, just throwing this out there. If you can get Daryl Henderson for a bag of peanuts, you can get Malcolm Brown for a handful of peanut shells. And he <laughs> was the guy who filled in for Gurley whenever that was necessary. Scored a decent amount of touchdowns. Five last year. He capitalized on those red zone opportunities that they gave him. If Akers turns out to be a bust and Henderson is as bad this year as he was last year... Is there a small chance that Malcolm Brown has a role that's worth owning and starting in fantasy leagues? And if so, should we go get him for his peanut crumbs price? I mean, what are we talking like a fourth round rookie pick? Sure, uh, yeah. If you if it's if you want to buy into that narrative, or like, throw away in a trade, basically. Yeah, I like that. Like, hey, like if you're getting, let's say you're getting Henderson, or you're getting one of the other dudes, and you're like, yeah, like. I, I need one more death piece. Can you just throw me Malcolm Brown? The guy's going to be like, yeah, sure. Take him. I don't care. So that's fine. I'm not actively going out to acquire no. him personally. Yeah. But, that's pretty fair. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's, that's exactly it. If you if you're making another trade and you're going to do the trade and it looks good for you and that person has Malcolm Brown way down there on the the 19th bench spot on their deep dynasty roster, be like, "You just want to kick in Malcolm Brown too?" Yeah, sure. Like it would I would do it. If you just did that, I would I would totally yep, be in. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's eh, it. Sure, <laughs> fine, take him. I can't wait to start him for like one game this year. He's going to smash for 20, for 90 yards on a touchdown. Yep. Uh, on to the passing game. It wasn't great last year for Jared Goff in general. Like the touchdown rate plummeted 3.5%. We talk about regression. Guys, it's coming back for Jared Goff. He's probably one of my favorite sneaky super flex quarterbacks to buy because he has that fringe QB1 upside that no one really once on the roster like the, the name just kind of leaves like a gross taste in your mouth right like they lose brandon cooks todd Gurley is gone this offensive line is terrible whatever narrative you want to paint for jared goff it's probably going to get debunked this year i mean you just look at he has all five linemen coming back and yes they weren't great but he still has the continuity there he has two awesome wide receivers in robert woods and cooper cup tyler higby could be the next star tight end we just talked about cam Akers as a pass catcher guys Sean McVay's offense in the past three years has never been worse than 11th in scoring in the NFL. I'm buying Jared Goff as a bounce back this year. Uh, yes, please. Absolutely no question that Jared Goff is a huge buy right now, a huge target in your dynasty startups if you're still having them. Go get him whatever it takes. Listen, the offensive line last year that was terrible, it was banged up. They lost a lot of their starting pieces. They had rookies starting for large portions of the year. It's going to get better. It pretty much has to because it was arguably the worst in the league last year. The loss of Todd Gurley is, if anything, going to put more on the shoulder of Jared Goff. And, by the way, I don't think their defense is going to be any better than it has been recently. That could be going the wrong direction as well. So we could we could be seeing Jared Goff start to go more towards a Jameis Winston style uh, of fantasy production or a Blake Ooh. Bortles of old. Where this team is not a, you know, we're talking, they, they have been one of the best teams in the league in Jared Goff's career since he took over as a starter full time. Now we might be looking at a situation where they're last in the division or th- certainly third in the division, just fighting to be eight and eight. And the, all of that is probably going to look a little bit better for a quarterback who can rack up garbage time points. And, you know, you started naming off the weapons bets, and I think that. You know, if we ask each other, or if you ask someone on Twitter, quick, off the top of your head, name the best offensive weapons for, or the best pass catching weapons in the league. Everyone goes Chiefs. Everyone goes Cowboys. Anybody else come off top? Buccaneers, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't have the tight yeah. end really, but certainly the two wide receivers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Higby plus Everett is in that tier, in mm-hmm. my opinion. That th- those are incredibly good, reliable, and explosive weapons that are going to boost Jared Goff the more they come into their own. Tyler Higby and Jared Everett are both young tight ends. Cooper Cup's not that old of a wide receiver. He's just kind of starting to come into his own. Robert Woods certainly a veteran, but he's still everything that he has been since becoming a Ram. This is a great situation of pass catchers. This is a great coach. This is an offense that's going to rebound. It's an offensive line that's going to rebound. Jared Goff is a Good quarterback, I would say. Certainly not great. Certainly gets rattled. Not great. He's all right. But he's not <laughs> bad by any means. Perfectly fine. 
Yes, exactly. he is perfectly fine. <laughs> so, and that is not how he's being valued. I have him in for this year for 2020 as my quarterback nine. Ooh. And that could get even better. We haven't even talked about Van Jefferson, a second-round wide receiver who I actually really like. Great route runner that I think could boost that uh, pass-catching core even more and do more than Brandon Cooks did potentially to fill yeah. out, the, you know, the interest of this of this pass-catching core. So I am 100% in on Jared Goff in case that wasn't clear from my rant. Yeah, I'm on record <laughs> as saying that I think this is going to be the only offense this year that puts up two top 12 fantasy wide receivers. I think that Cooper Cup and Bobby Trees, um, Bobby are, Trees. There you go. are gonna be the the obligatory Bobby Trees reference, are gonna be the only two the only teammate, the only duo wide receivers that crack the top twelve together this this season. They're gonna be playing from behind a lot. The defense just isn't there. They're gonna have to air it out. Yeah, I'm with you that he's a great value. The the good thing is, is that I don't love Jared Goff like at all. And I'm probably going to have him ranked substantially lower than you do. I think I already do. But he's a great value where he is, and the upside makes him someone, if I'm going late quarterback, yeah, sure. I'll take Goff at, at one of those tries. Now, what scares the pants off of me is those absolute clunkers he'll hang up every once in a while. He did it last year. I think it was against San Francisco when he was on my fantasy team, and I lost. I only needed eight points from him, and, and I'm I lost. And I'm not jaded at all. And I'm not at all <laughs> jaded. To or be letting fair, that... everybody was bad against the Niners, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? He has to play him twice. So I don't True. know. It's it's tough. Um, but yes, he's in a great position to succeed. I think that offense is going to kind of bounce back. Um, the defense is not what it was. It's basically Aaron Donald and that's about it. They overpaid by a million for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So they've got one stud corner and one stud defense alignment. And and like, that's about it at this point. So yeah, I'm with you. I think he's a great value. The wide receivers I'm all in on for sure. And if you're all in on two wide receivers, you have to be in on the quarterback. Like you, you can't not. So yes. Okay. Yes. Out of curiosity, <laughs> there it is. Do you are you was is your two top twelves more of a bold prediction, or you actually have it ranked that way? And bets where how close do you have it to being two in the top twelve? I am super close in in redraft. Off the top of my head, I think Woods is eleven and Cup is fourteen. I've got them right there on that fringe wide receiver one. They might flip flop in my mind. The more I look at this, Cup might go higher than Woods. Woods might slot down a couple. But I think they're going to end up being right there at that fringe fringe wide receiver one ranking. For me, I have Cooper Cup. Uh, let me look here at 13. I have Robert Woods at 16. So they're both right Close. there. And I feel like it just was so like that, that tier in redraft leagues, like from like 10 to 19 oh, it's all I feel like one. It's just so close it's all one big group yeah so it's just a matter of, of preference but yeah i could see both of them being a wide receiver one this year in fantasy um maybe i'm on crack but i have them <laughs> at eight and ten i can see it Cup okay being at eight. buddy so uh, you want to talk about buying in i am 100 well, bought you, in. you have to be based on where you put goff true like it has yep. to you've got all three of them at being yeah. screaming bargains uh, at their positional ADP. Love it. Fellas, let's finish up here. Um, well, actually, real quick, Okada, just tell the people more about Van Jefferson. You mentioned you like him a lot. 
Uh, talk about his game and then maybe what you're willing to go out to get him. Let's talk about 2021 rookie picks. Yeah, so uh, receiver out of Florida, good production in college. Arguably one of the better route runners in this entire class. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, he fell to the second round because beyond that, he doesn't necessarily offer like the Henry Rugg speed or the Jalen Rager speed. The first round this year was pretty much go get the speed. And he's not the elite prospect that cd lamb and jerry judy are but i think that the second round 57th pick overall is where he went is actually higher than a lot of people did think he was going to go and i think it confirmed a little bit for me that i do like him i like the idea of another good route runner in this offense this offense is predicated on you know good route runners good scheming getting people into space putting cooper cup in the slot and having it be so wide open that it's embarrassing for defenses Van Jefferson might slide into similar sorts of roles. I think it's not going to be an immediate thing. I do not expect anything from him out of year one. I probably don't even necessarily expect much from him out of year two. But he's a guy that I'm very willing to stash. And you're you're going to be able to get him in the third round. Or, I don't know, is, is he even going later than that? He's going in like fourth, yeah. Yeah, rookie, late rookie third yeah. or fourth. Yeah, rookie draft pick. So, with that kind of price, if somebody did take a, sh- a shot on him, it was probably just a shot because they saw his name mentioned somewhere. He was next in the MFL queue, and you can probably go throw a pick at them uh, a third next year and feel great about it if they take that or have him as a piece like we talked about with some other players. So, uh, yeah, more of a uh, maybe a little bit of a um, couple years down the line prospect, but somebody that I like stashing for sure. Stash. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely kind of fighting for that third wide receiver spot in that offense. Um, he's not a—he's not an uber athletic wide receiver. He's—I'm uh, like looking at it right now. He's six one two hundred, uh, ran a four five seven forty. Um, so you know he doesn't jump off the page in terms of any sort of measurables or anything like that. But he's a very good route runner, and if I remember correctly from the film, he's really good on contested catches as well. Um, so that is something that could definitely bode well if they're going to go to a three wide setup, um, and get him in there as the third, you know, he could be a really good jump ball target for that, for that offense. Um, at six, one, he's the tallest wide receiver on the team. I think if I remember correctly, which is not a super tall wide receiver to be the tallest on the team, but I, I'm pretty sure he's got the most length, good jumper, good at contested catches, you know. Again, this Cup is someone six that, two. Cup six two. Yeah, yeah and, I and I expect Cup to be the main red zone threat. So yeah, he will for sure. That. He'll be the, he'll be the main red zone yep. threat absolutely. But he's an interesting target, uh, interesting kind of prospect play. Going to take him a couple years, like Okada said. But yeah. All right, fellas, tight ends. Let's finish this up. I don't understand the discrepancy in ADP mm. in redraft in dynasty in best ball. And what do you anything. mean? You don't understand it. You understand you it perfectly. You just might disagree with the reason. What do you mean? <laughs> I, but listen, man, like I, I get what Tyler Higby did last year, but we talk about in dynasty being like, okay, I'm selling high. I'm buying low. That's kind of what I like to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby is a sell. I mean, like what, <laughs> what he did last year is not, <sighs> Sustainable. No, well, no, okay. there's no, no question the about that. But that, weeks I mean, that's not season, his price, though. Right, but for the first ten weeks of the season, he was an afterthought. Gerald Everett was on pace for 61 receptions. He was also playing as the every down tight end. Tyler Higby was rotating in. Now we just have to ask ourselves: What do you believe? Do you believe that Sean McVay says, "All right, that's my tight end of the future," or 
is Gerald Everett really what he wants? And Tyler Higby just came out of nowhere and was like, oh, this guy smashed. Like, maybe now I have to go play him. I don't know. But regardless, in ADP, I'm willing to go out and buy Gerald Everett at the tight end 40 mm-hmm. in Dynasty League. Wow. That's the point I want to make is just like, yeah, he's free. I mean, he's free. That is by far the best point to make. You need to go get Everett. Whether you have, have Higby, whether you don't have Higby, I don't care who your tight ends are. Go get Gerald Everett. We, we talk all, all the time on this show about, how, you know, you love to have an elite guy and you love to have a stash of three or four young guys deeper on your bench, one of whom in three years is going to develop into that next tight end one because that's typically how it happens. Gerald Everett is a perfect, perfect fit for that strategy. I would love to stash him because he is good. He has shown... a several flashes and there is still a chance he is the tight end one now i don't think there's much of a chance that he's more than the one a and i don't think he even will be the one a i think he will be the one b at best and probably the two but there are still chances as for higby listen it's super tough with him because to your point what he did at the end of last year no way that's sustainable it was disgusting. If he had a season of a full a full season of games like that, not only would he be the greatest tight end of all time, single season, it would be one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. If Forget he, the position. If he put up a full 16 games at the pace he did at the end of last year, it might be close to what Okada has projected for Hunter Henry. Facts! <laughs> 2,000 yards and 14 <laughs> touchdowns. Here we go, baby. Um, yeah, listen, it... it it was unnatural. You know what? I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick, all right? Let, let's see the 16-game pace. 16-game pace. Here you go. This was his last five games when he took over. Uh, 138 catches on 179 targets for <laughs> 1,670 yards. Woo, buddy! Only six Lock touchdowns, by the way, in uh, that projection. That's slow. Okay, but, but so here's the thing. Clearly not going to happen. That is not what we're going to expect out of Tyler Higby. No. And if no. people are selling at that price, there's no way you're buying. And if people are buying at that price definitely so but that's not the case everybody knows that we're not going to quite see that the question is what are we going to see and the biggest question like best brought up is what does McVay see and what does he want to do with these two guys and for me it kind of boils down to this yes McVay liked Everett more in the beginning of the season maybe that was a a preseason thing maybe that was a training camp thing maybe Everett showed out better maybe Higby in the practices was not doing what he was supposed to do I don't know But when you put a guy out on the field in NFL game situations and he plays as well as Tyler Higbee did for that six-game stretch, I don't think there's any way you go away from that. He was too good. I think you figure out a way how to feature that guy and continue to mold that guy into a top weapon on your team. So. you go, go, go. I've ranted. Oh, no, I was I, just going to say, in, yeah, so. what what I think about Higby's production down the stretch last year is I think that he forced McVay to look at his offense as continuing to roll with the 12 personnel, which he went to out of necessity because Brandon Cooks was hurt. And it kind of and, you know, it kind of changed the mentality of the offense. Like, OK, well, let's pare it down. Let's run more, you know, two wide receiver sets instead of three. Let's get more tight end on the field. Kind of went to it out of necessity, but what he did was show, like, dude, our offense is really good when Tyler Higby's on the field, and I think he's got to continue to go with that a majority of the time. So I think we are going to see more 12 personnel out of this offense, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um, and I think that Gerald Everett's going to be the 1A in that offense. Now, I think his ADP 
Um, or I'm sorry, Tyler Higby, not Gerald Everett. Um, Tyler Higby is going to be the 1A in that offense. I think his ADP is going around like the tight end 9 or 10, if I remember right, right now in startups. In Dynasty? Yeah. I think yeah, that, that sounds about right. I'm fine there. I think that that's a good price for him. I, I'm not paying like a top 5 tight end price, but yeah, if I can hold off and... You know, if, if I miss out on one of the studs early, if I don't get Kittle, I don't get Kelsey, and I don't get Mark Andrews um, or Zach Ertz for that matter, at that point, if I'm not getting one of those four, then I think that Higby's a really good like target a few rounds later. Like someone that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to position myself to make sure that I can get him. Because going in that range, I think that that's a really good price. And he could be that next, like, Mark Andrews-esque tight end. He showed the ability to do it, albeit in a small sample size. But he could be kind of one of those next breakout tight ends in the league. I'm not willing to pay for him at that price, but he's got the potential to, to get there. All righty. Uh, I like you, boys. Can I, I'm going to throw out one final dra- uh, tight end draft strategy point off of John's thing, and then we will then we can shut it down because we went way too long on the Rams. I don't know how we ended up talking <laughs> this long about the Rams. We were doing so good. But, we were at like 50 minutes. We got to I know. Rams, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> right? we are. Fully on track. Nope, screw it. We're going to talk about the Rams for half hey, an hour. Uh, John is sort of starting to lean towards a new tight end draft strategy that I've been considering. So you guys know that I love getting the guy early, right? It, but that's hard to do. And if you can't get the guy early... A new thing that I'm really liking in Dynasty is getting like three of the guys that are considered the potential breakouts. So like the Higbees, the Jonu Smithes, Smithes, Smithses, Smiths. Uh, Hunter Henry is a more expect- expensive version of that, but maybe Hunter Henry. Gasecki. Um, yeah. Gasecki. Uh, Mike Gasecki. Yes, Gasecki for sure. Ian Thomas. Sure, Ian Irv, Thomas. Irv Smith Jr. There's a ton. There's yes. so yes. many in that range. Irv. And if you get three of those guys, yeah, the chance that one of them ends up being a top five tight end is very high, in my opinion. So if you can't get that guy up front, maybe spend a little bevy of mid to late round picks stocking up on that that tier and then figure out which one breaks out and that you're set with that guy. I like it. That's Words of wisdom from Okada. On that, and on that note, we'll close out the show. Fellas, this is my last show for a little bit of time. Uh, listeners, oh. I'm getting married this weekend. Let's so, go! Uh, I'm super excited. I am unfortunately somehow leaving this podcast in the hands of Okada and John unsupervised, so I apologize yes. to all of you in advance. Uh, so, what are we going to talk about, Okada? At some point, probably what are we? in like a three or four weeks, or three silly. or four, uh, yeah, three or four episodes. So, you guys have time. Oh, it's you can gonna do be whatever great. You want. This is gonna be fantastic. Uh, we maybe got we'll some, get Kate or Michelle about. on to join, talk some dynasty. We'll see. Bring on a guest. Guys, have fun. I'll be listening. Uh, I'll miss you all. Of course, you too. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Matt Okada, at Dynasty Beard, at the Fantasy PT, and of course, the show is at Richard's FF Pod. If you want to support the show, Patreon.com/slash/BallBlast is a place to do it. Until next time, we're the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.